Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. What's going on with your with your day-to-day? How is your heart? That's a good question. How is your heart? How is your mind? How is your spirit? Today I'm going to talk about the show Avengers Social Club, which is a 2017 drama that came out in the year 2017. And I have to say, this show had very low ratings when it first came out. Nobody watched it. It was a fall drama. It came out around this time of year, five years ago. And I remember thinking that this was the most feminist show I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I remember specifically declaring this as the most feminist K-drama ever because it centers solely on three women. They're all wives. They're mothers. One of them is a widow. They're dealing with all kinds of injustices Uh, whether it be from capitalist flaws or upper-class entitlement or infertility or patriarchy in the form of domestic abuse or infidelity. These women are dealing with all kinds of problems and issues, and they just rely on one another through supporting and bonding and talking. And it's like a beautiful, perfect, feminist, female empowerment show and i remember loving this drama but it did not do well i mean yeah why would a show like that do well think about it there's hardly anything to you know fester off of right there's no female toxicity or rivalry there's no you know slapping and none of that no no they love each other They love one another. They care for one another. It focuses on women's friendships and how they help one another through their difficulties. And it's so poignant. It is immensely poignant. It doesn't have that beefy rivalry like, you know, popular shows thrive on like Sky Castle and Penthouse. And the success to any TV or film script is always conflict. Number one, it's conflict. And it's not like this show doesn't have conflict. It does, but it's against other sources like patriarchy. The conflict isn't between one another, right? Among one another, there's a lot of respect and love and generosity. So it doesn't really engage the attention of wounded animals so to speak all right like all of us are wounded animals we're always looking for other examples of toxicity or rage or fights right we're looking for other examples of of you know fucked upness where we could justify things that have happened to us or the way that we navigate our lives the way that we behave in society right but I don't know. I guess I'm I'm a peace lover, man. So I loved this show. I was like, I'm all about this show. This show is radical in its loving kindness, awareness, and compassion. 
The show stars uh, one of K-drama's favorites, uh, Ramiran, is in it. And this is one of her first shows that she followed up Reply 1988 with. So Ramiran, she's been an actress for decades prior to this show, but didn't have her big breakthrough. She didn't have a big break, even though she's done some, you know, major major films like she was in you know sympathy for lady vengeance yeah she was she was in that movie um but despite all of that she just didn't have a breakthrough role until reply 1988 and then she does this show where she's playing a lot softer uh kinder aware and vulnerable woman and you know, I guess people didn't take to that. They're like, no, we need her to be aggro and aggressive, right? The show does not have any Prince Charming who comes and rescues the women when they're in distress or despair. None. There's no sexy man who comes through and picks them up and says, you are now safe because I am here. All right? Like, none of that. The women remain heroes for themselves and for one another and for their children part of the issue is also like being a good example right how do i be a good example to my children that's always on the forefront of these women's minds you have the character kim chung hae played by yeowon who's an actress i mean we love her and this character uh chung hae she struggles with infertility but she ends up with a stepson who moves into her house and the stepson is from her uh, current husband's previous relationship. And she has to be the mother to this boy. And it's a struggle for her because, you know, she wanted a child of her own. So uh, Chung Hae and her stepson, Sugyam, they become this exemplary blended family, mother-son duo who support each other through times of need. And their relationship sort of has a, a journey of its own on this show. And you have the character Yi Misuk played by Myung Sebin, and she's married to a violent professor. What is that about, by the way? It seems like all the professors in K-dramas are violent, like they're domestic abusers, like super insecure, very like aggressive, always beating their wives. We saw the same thing in Dear My Friends. Like, what is it, what is it with male professors? on Korean TV shows being these violent psychos. Like, it's like a pattern. I don't know what that's about. Anyway, so you have a Yi Misuk whose husband beats her whenever he gets drunk. And she has a daughter named Soyeon who is very disappointed in her mother for not leaving her husband. You know, she's like always looking at her mother and saying like, you're weak and like, you know, you need to protect yourself so that you could protect me, right? And Yimizuk has another tragic story, backstory, like she lost a son. Her her son died. And then you have the character Tohi, played by Ramiran. She's a single mom of two children, a son and a daughter. And she works at a fish market. That's her thing. That's her job. So she's a working class woman. And she benefits greatly from Chunghe's wealth. Oftentimes, whenever there's like some problem that that Tohi is going through, it's money problems, money trouble. And Chunghe, she has this deep ass pocket and she just comes through and shows up. And I'm like, I love that. I love this feminine 
energy, this female empowered energy, rather than some rich guy coming through and dropping cash on the table and being all arrogant about it, you know? But this character, Tohi, she was my favorite on this show because at the end of this show, she catches the attention of a local handsome young cafe owner and they have this sort of romance blossom between them and i'm just like yes yes this widow single mom deserves some love yeah absolutely i mean that's something that we just don't see on tv we don't see in korean dramas a single widowed middle-aged mom of two grown kids getting down with a handsome younger dude who works at a cafe like that just doesn't happen we don't see that very often i'm like yeah that's what that's what i want to see that's what i'm about actually now that i'm talking about this i realized that the show dear my friends there's also a handsome young cafe dude who takes an interest in a widowed single mom now that I'm talking about it, dear my friends and this show, they have a lot of overlap. <laughs> they have a bit of a plot overlap. But even still, nevertheless, mothers hardly ever get sexualized on TV. Even though, like I mentioned in the past, like a mom obviously implies sex. She's a mom, so she's had sex. And it's like, this show is like, yeah, mothers have a sexuality too. Mothers deserve love and pleasure as well. And it's like, yeah, let's reward her with the handsome young fella, you know? And I thought this show broke a lot of rules like that, just broke standards. It was innovative. It was radical. And that's why it was memorable to me. And it's also the reason why it was not a huge hit. It was not a huge hit. No, it wasn't. I went to a Korean screen studies conference back in 2018, early 2018, and I remember talking about this with some of the academics there. I was like, oh, my favorite K-drama last year was Avengers Social Club. And they were like, yeah, that show didn't do that well. And I'm like, why do we as academics give a shit whether or not a show did well? Like, why is a show's ratings and popularity and the money it makes for the network, why is that our concern? It's not. Our concern is what is a show doing that is new and enriching and innovative and groundbreaking and unique? Like, that's where we should be turning our attention to, right? I mean, for me, the show has a special place in my heart for all eternity because it was doing precisely that, you know, like the women were not centering their lives around husbands. They were centering their lives around themselves and what they want, their joy, their pleasure, you know, their sense of satisfaction. And one of the things that they wanted was revenge. You know, <laughs> they're like, I want revenge, right? I mean, you know, like season five of the crown is super boring it's like the most boring season of the whole show the show was like amazing and then season five it's like terrible but one of the things i loved about it was like the revenge dress that diana wears right after the separation gets announced like she wears this sexy black dress you know and i'm like yeah get that revenge you know women have we have a, a flow of han beneath us it's always there flowing and it's like we want to we want to find a way 
a productive way to get it out. Not to hurt or inflict punishment on somebody, but just to feel seen, feel recognized, feel understood, feel a sense of worthiness again, feel a sense of self-worth again. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it's about, you know, to feel a sense of fulfillment in this life, right? The show has a Korean title, of course, and it's Puamdong Poksujadu, which means Puamdong's revenge people or Puamdong's Avengers. Okay, so it was the Korean title is actually Puamdong Avengers Social Club, and I love Puamdong. It's a neighborhood in Seoul, and Puamdong is my favorite neighborhood in Seoul. I found it back in 2009 when I was living in Korea as a Fulbright scholar. I just happened to find the place because there's this museum there called the Kim Hwangi Museum. And Kim Hwangi is a pointillist uh, modernist artist from South Korea. And I just love his work. And I also am a big fan of his wife. Kim Hyang-an, who used to be a painter herself, painter, poet, essayist, but she was also previously married to a very famous uh, architect and poet and fiction writer and essayist named Yi Sang. And she, to me, was sort of symbolic of like this badass woman who married two modernist greats in Korean history. And, you know, they say that behind every great man is a greater woman. But, you know, in this case, like, she, she's the reason for two greatness, you know? Um, after Yi Sang, I mean, she was only married to Yi Sang very briefly. You know, I, I think they were quite young when they got married. Yi Sang died when he was, like, 27. But after he died, she married Kim Hwan Gi. And they moved to New York, had children, and, Yeah. They're both buried in upstate New York. I remember visiting their grave one time. And I was briefly friends with uh, their son, their only son, who was like a restaurateur entrepreneur in Washington. Uh, he's an interesting fella, interesting guy. In any case, yeah, so Puamdong has a very special place in my heart. Um, it's also a very beautiful neighborhood. If you ever go there, check out their cafes. Like, they have these cozy cafes they have this really famous uh, mandu restaurant, a dumpling restaurant called Chahasun. So go there if you ever have the time. Go there, get their manduguk, which is their, um, it's, it's, it's got tteokguk. So it's tteokguk, meaning like the rice cake soup with the dumplings in there. So get that and get a bottle of makgeolli. It's fucking fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So go there, eat that. Go for a walk. You could walk around their their little mountain area because it's up in the mountains. You could see like it's like there it's like a fortress. There is a basically a fortress that you're walking on up there, um, and yeah, it's like a lovely, beautiful, cozy, charming neighborhood, and it's very meaningful to me. So that's also the reason why I love this show. I love that it was set in my favorite neighborhood in Seoul. So. Yeah, those are my reasons for talking about Avenger Social Club. And yeah, I don't know how I don't know how to close these monologues anymore, you know? Typically I'll just like slip into my guest, but I have no guest. Like I said, it's just you and me. And folks, if you guys have a show you want me to 
watch and talk about, recommend them to me. Like right now, I'm watching two shows and um you know uh, other than those two like uh, all these k-dramas they're moving very slowly for me i think korean dramas at the moment are going through this like renaissance period uh or a golden age of experimentation a lot of these k-dramas are experimenting with genre they're experimenting with storylines and effects and they're getting weird and zany <laughs> and i'm down with it i'm down with the creativity but it also means there's a risk that it might not land right and so a lot of them are they're not quite maintaining my interest i'll put it that way so if there's a show that's really like really kicking up your senses really just like you're into it gripping or you're like it's like hilarious you're cracking up because it's crazy or if the romance is intense it's like oh my gosh look at these guys making out oh my gosh or if it's like a really good rom-com yeah let me know let me know i'll check it out i'll check it out leave it in the comments on youtube on instagram on twitter whatever and i will i will read your requests and i will take a look and if it's good enough i'll watch the whole thing and i will talk about it here because that's the deal. That's it. I'll see you guys next week.